is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How you doing? A very exciting day today. We have uh, Julie Unruly. So we're going to uh, be unruly, I'm sure. I can tell. But before we get started, I just want to remind you that you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, the greatest radio station in the Western Hemisphere, because I've listened to all of them. And I want, you know, I want you guys to check us out. We've got great programming 24-7. Lots of bands, local bands, all sorts of music, talk, comedy. We have politics. We have everything, which is why you should donate money. You should donate money to this. Just a little bit. Be part of the station, okay? So go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and slash donate. Also, you know, there's something about, um, I wanted to, I was just thinking about this before I came over here to the to our studio today, that I, I want to um, make sure that we recognize Ty, Tyree Nichols because I know everybody's, I mean, I just, I just, feel very um, sad, but hopeful. I'm hoping, and I, and I get this feeling that it's a turning point. And, and I just really, really want to believe that. And I really, it's a huge, huge tragedy. You don't need me to talk. You don't need me to tell you about it or say anything about it. But I do, I do just want to say how important, how important this moment is and that I hope, it's a turning point and not in br- police brutality, but also in um, inequality and racism and the real issues behind the police brutality. So I just wanted to uh, acknowledge that and put it out there. So um, anyway, I am here with, Julie. Hello, Julie. Hi. Hello, everyone. So Julie is, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Julie. Julie is, Julie, first of all, Julie really wanted to be on the show. Did you really want to be on the show or is it that you're just really good at reaching out and asking to be on things? Which is it? I really wanted to be on the show. Okay. Can you, I want people to understand because the reason Julie's on the show is because, I mean, I really like her. I've met her several times. I can tell how brilliant. I think she's pretty fucking smart. I know that. Um, an interesting woman. I am thrilled to have her on. But she really wanted to be on, which is very exciting for me anyway, because, you know, it's fucking Dr. Lisa gives a shit. So I give a shit about that. So I just wanted to understand. I want everyone to understand why you wanted to be on the show. Um. Because I have stuff to say. Can I curse on here? Fuck yeah. Yeah. So I have shit to say. And I've listened to your archives. And I know you, we've met several times at at events. And um, I was like, I just want to, I want to talk to Dr. Lisa. Okay. So that's, that's probably, 
that means she's going to be a great, that's a really good, you know, she, you, you identified with the vibe of the show somehow. I Correct. Think. Okay. See, this is great. So we're going to be going through this together. You and me, you listener, you, <laughs> you and me, we're going to be finding out about Julie together. Okay. So here's what I know. She is, like I said, she's a very intense person, right? Are you, Julie? Do people, do you think you're intense? I think you're, I think people I, see you yeah. as, I don't, I don't know. I have you. my moments. But, <laughs> but I. I'm not always on 11. But. No, but I see you as somebody who has no fear, who doesn't pull any punches. Like you're not afraid to say what you think. You're going to say it. Um, It's a. Yes, I I try to be authentic and talk about things that are important, but I try also, and it doesn't always work, but I do try to keep it like less focused on me and more focused on Social the world. Issues. Yeah, I, that's how I kind of channel my anxiety is into worrying about like larger issues than myself. Mm-hmm. Takes me out of my head because mm-hmm. I have worries like everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you are you an activist? Would you say that? I um I am. I do I do free and very low cost um legal work for people who you're need a, it. You're an attorney. Right. She's so an I, attorney and a musician. <laughs> I donate a lot of my time to people that need help, you know, like I kinda do sliding scale stuff and a lot of things for women, a lot of things for people of color, like people who people who would not ordinarily have access to legal assistance because you only get it for criminal cases. But if you're getting divorced or if you're having a landlord tenant issue or if you're whatever, you're having some dispute over some mm-hmm. business deal or whatever, like, you know, you don't really have free, they're very, very scarce free yeah, sure. resources for civil matters. So I try to do what I can. Wow. To help wow. artists, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get a flood no, of no. <laughs> messages, which is fine. Someone has people know they can reach out to me and I can try to help. Right. I'm always helping people in the scene. So you really, yeah, yeah. And you're very involved in when you say the scene, what do you mean? The music scene, I'm guessing. Music, poetry, uh, you know, whatever. New York. You live in the Lower East Side. I live on the Lower East Side. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Pretty active. Uh, well, think- now's a good time to tell them about the show that you're. We, before we forget, let's let's promote the show. Okay? Yes, let's this promote is my super, show. Super important. So, uh, Julie's band is called High and Tight. All right, that's with an ampersand, <laughs> and they will be performing at the main drag at Fifty South First Street on February eleventh. What time? Um, eight at eight. We're the opening band, and then Push, and then um, Mighty Fine. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be kind of a Mardi Gras Ooh. party, yeah. So I'm probably going to have something with feathers on it or some form of, you know, regalia, some form of wild outfit. Yeah, well, which partially. Um, you are fronting a band, so that's yeah. your job. I've been known. And then um, Free Jambalaya, apparently. Really? That's what I'm hearing. Listen to that. Free so Main Drag is a kind of cool space. People are liking it. And I hear it sounds really good down there. And 
you should come. This is excellent. I'm putting it on my calendar. Yes, putting it people on my calendar. come. It's super fun. It's all fun bands. Cool. All right, so we're doing that. Uh, and so let's see. So here's something I really, I, I also find very interesting about Julie, guys, is she's the mother of twins who are 17. Yeah. She looks like, I mean, <laughs> she she looks way too young, guys. Way, way, way yeah, too young. Yeah, I appreciate that. You must have had them. You must have been very young when you had them. Mm-mm. I was 40 when I had them. Get out, really? Yeah. Wow, she looks good. So she would, wow. You That's why I had twins. <laughs> I had some help and then I had two. Wow. So what was that? So having two kids, wow. So you've been in, were you a lawyer then? Yes. That's so how I was able to afford. afford. So that, <laughs> I mean, I've always, yeah, I, I was at a big law firm at the time. I worked at a pretty fancy place and mm-hmm. made a decent amount of money. And so I was able to, actually, I put put it on a 0% credit card. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I paid it off over like a year or something. But it was, you know, yeah. You mean the uh, It was a, quite an experience, quite an interesting, like, you know, biology class you know, on, a, on, on, on in vitro fertilization. Yeah. I was, oh, you really I did in vitro. Yeah. Yeah. Kids. So yeah. are they fraternal twins then? They, I have a boy and a girl, so that means they are fraternal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. I could have had triplets. They put mm-hmm. three embryos in. Just for the I record, the did you do it on your own or did you have a partner? At the I time? was married. I was, we were married. I was having trouble getting pregnant. And your husband at the time also really wanted to have kids. Yeah. What was it like for you to be at a law firm like that? I don't imagine, I can't picture you at a law firm. Well. Was it a corporate, what kind of law firm? So I worked, I don't want to say the firm, but. No, what, I, what, what So I, firm? after I graduated law school, I clerked in the federal. Um, and where did you go to law school? I went to Brooklyn Law School. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I graduated, I clerked for a year in the Eastern District of New York, which is the federal courts. And then I went to this giant law firm, really fancy, white shoe um, firm uh, up near Rock Center, where they all were, uh, really prestigious and really cool. And I st- worked there for like five years. And how? what was that like for you? It was, well... What, what kind of clients did they have? Oh, fuck. The... <laughs> The biggest client, I, the biggest case I worked on, which was the longest and the most absolutely insane case I ever worked on, it's confidential, but I'll just say it was, um, you know, a, a, like What's a top the, 100 company. Okay, on so the a multinational company. Multi, multi, huge. Okay. And it was litigation. So they this place had a really great litigation Did you have department. to go to court and all that for yeah. them? Wow, mm-hmm. so you had a I still go to court. I mean, I love going to court. Yeah. It's another performance. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're good at it. <laughs> it's super Well, it fun. takes a certain kind of person to be able to, personality, let's say. I worked in the courts, too. I've worked for judges. I've done that as well, you wow. know, so been on the other side of that, which mm-hmm. is, oof, you know, just gives That's you some perspective. Hard. Well, yeah, it, it's difficult because... Um, you're looking at the people that are like making really important decisions and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> I don't right. want this person making this decision. But you come by you come by um, your experience and knowledge of social issues, honestly, for sure. 
right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was raised in a home that was always very anti-racist, talked about civil rights, you know, were very, you know, you grew up very here? progressive. Yeah. In the lower. Yeah. Side? I, I was born in Beth Israel. That's what wow, they call it, 15th no. and first. And yeah. we lived in the East village for several years and then moved to Queens mm-hmm. for many, many years and then moved to long Island. Oh, wow. Out East. My father lost his job when I was in high school and we moved out there what or junior your, high school. What did your maybe. dad do? <sighs> you don't want to talk about it? Um, no, I, I She's making it's a face. one of those. We don't have to talk about. No, it. no, 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 no. It's not that face. It's the face of <laughs> he had a completely me- public relations for a hospital. I don't fucking know what he did. Oh, I know. He did some dumbass shit. Made yeah. ads and brochures yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Something the really art guy. He was he, an ad guy. I don't kind know. Of. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? You don't. You're upset that he did that, though. Or you don't. You no, don't respect I fi- it. I don't I'm getting respect. Um. Or explain it. I I don't really know. I just think it's a. I think if you're going to trade your time for money, you should um, do it for something that's meaningful and contributes in some way to humanity. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how making brochures for like some fucking dumb hospital like thing, like advertising the the things that he did, it just seemed like kind of meaningless. And I think that he knew that. Okay, so I'm going to push back on that and I'm not and I'm not I'm not in disagreement with you whatsoever fundamentally. But like, you know, I mean, I've talked about this on the show. I mean, I'm a, I used to work in advertising for like almost 30 years as an art director and I worked on some I mean, I helped sell cigarettes. I'm not going to lie. And the thing oh, is Oh, I did some tobacco litigation too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> The stuff you learn, go on. They're so fucked up. Yeah. Oh, my God. So anyway, the thing is, is that when um, I used to say, I used, I had to support myself and I'm a weirdo and I have a little bit of dyslexia and it was really hard for me to get a job, hold on to a job. I could have never have gotten through law school or anything like that. And I had to take whatever, I had to do whatever I had to do to support myself. So I don't think that, I used to say, this is the job that society has for me. It's not a very good job. It's not what I should be doing. It's not what I could be contributing. But this is what they want to pay me for. So I have to do this. That's how I saw it. Right. And what I'm saying is that, isn't it a shame that you can't be doing this and earning a living? Yeah. Right. Because fucking capitalism is a bunch of bullshit. It's exploiting people like you, like me, like everyone else who's trading their time for money and not doing what they should be doing. We could, this world has enough for everybody, you know, and this idea that we live in a way that, you know, well, why did I, why did I go to law school? I didn't go to law school because I wanted to be like, I mean, I was inspired by, you know, Martin Luther King's letters from a Birmingham jail, you know, probably was the most inspirational thing I read as far as I was like, I'm going to go to law school. One of my best friends is a lawyer. And I always thought it was so cool. And, you know, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that's what I would have done if I would have thought I could have like done something more artistic and creative and made a decent living at it or not been afraid. I had it like drilled into me, like be scared if you're going to be homeless. Like we should not be scared of that. That housing is a human right. We should be able to like pursue what we want to pursue, contribute and 
and and and you know and i agree with you but what planet is that what where on this planet is that happening it's not happening we have to fucking make it happen lisa (laughs) what the fuck am i here to that's why i'm here Let's okay. fucking change it. People can sooner imagine a meteor coming out of the sky and busting the earth into a million pieces than they can imagine some other way of living as a society. Okay, I don't, I don't disagree, but I'm saying like, how, how do you plan on getting that done? Like I'm saying well, I, that, you know, wait, I can think I just it'll finish? be done in two weeks. Can I, just, can I just finish? I'm saying I'm not willing to make a personal sacrifice of earning money to, uh, you know, make the world a better place. Well, that's a shame. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's a shame that you're not willing to do that. I mean, just to barely get by? Yeah. For now, there's plenty. There's so much out there. We could all have whatever we need. I I don't disagree. Right. I don't disagree. So, But we're all going to have to do it all at the same time. No. I think people need to be willing to make personal sacrifices on their own and hope that it has a reverberating quality. I'm going to tell you a story, okay. Dr. Lisa. Okay. During the pandemic, I'm not going to mention names because, and, and I'm, I swear I'm not bragging. This no, is a story. Okay. okay. But this is a story. All and, right. and, and, and I want to hear it. Okay. So I helped someone out during the pandemic. Mean in what way? Financially. I okay. gave somebody, I, I got some money that I did not expect that I was going to get from a from a case that mm-hmm. I thought I was never going to see any cash from. And all of a sudden, I got some cash right when the pandemic hit. And I had this money and people were, nobody was working. All the restaurants were closed. The bartenders, the, all of these service workers who probably couldn't have gotten unemployment. And even if they did, they were going to be waiting months to get it mm-hmm. because it was jammed. And um, I just selected some people that I knew from the scene, people, whatever, mm-hmm. and gave them money. And recently I ran into one of the people, I see her around, you know, whatever, but we never had like a conversation about that. And I didn't expect a conversation Mm -hmm. about it, actually. Mm -hmm. It's not why I did it. And, but I ran it, whatever. She said, I never, I, you know, we've never talked about it, but I wanted to thank you. She thanked me profusely, explained how it came just at the right time and helped her out. And was just so grateful and it was so cool. And I was like, yay, I'm so glad. It makes me happy that I did that. And she said, and then I came into a bunch of money unexpectedly. And because you did that for me, she's like, I gave it all away to people that I. Oh, wow. That gave me the chills. Okay, good. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. No, no, that's just kind of, this is what we need to hear. This is what I need to hear. We all need to hear that. We do, we do. That happened. And then I told the story because when I got the money, the kids knew and I told them what I was doing. And again, I'm not bragging. I'm like, but this is my belief. This is what I believe in doing this. Mm -hmm. And I told the kids, I said, listen, you know, mommy's going to do this or whatever. She's like, I said, so I want to also be able to get you guys each something, you know, because... They never have anything because we never have anything because we live just at yeah, our means. Right. So um, I told them the story and they both kind of got chills and, and my, my son got a little like teary. He's like, that's so freaking cool. And I was like, no, it's great. If we all do this all the time, this could change, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love that. And I'm not perfect at this. You know, I'm just as flawed as any other person, but, but I think about this a lot. Right. And you do. You do actually make I the try. sacrifices. I try. I do make sacrifices. I do. Yeah. I mean, it is really hard to 
to qualify what sacrifices and what a sacrifice is. I mean, I have certainly given away money when I've had it. Um, I gave one time I won some money and I had a um, big truckload of wood donated anonymously to a homeless camp. Um, things like, I mean, I'm all, I. but the thing is, if I'm having trouble making ends meet, I mean, we could always do with less. So, so we all have to decide where the dividing line is, where, where are we, what do we need and what can we give away? How are we going to live? Like, I feel like the, look, I, like I said, I'm no like beacon no. of like to be I know. held up I or know. anything We're like just- that. But I have found in my life that when I care less about holding on to something and I let it go, I get so much more back. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a spiritual person. If you ask anyone that knows me, I'm I'm really like stridently atheist. I don't believe in spirits mm-hmm. and ghosts or any mm-hmm. that kind of things. I don't believe in astrology, any of that. I'm very like mm-hmm. very pragmatic, very mm-hmm. like, you know. You also are really smart. You're good at figuring out um who really needs the help. And I don't think everyone has that ability. Well, I think, you know, look, I, I'll give to GoFundMes here and there if it's somebody that I really know, but sure. I don't normally do that. I'd rather just reach out to somebody who I see is suffering. Everyone is suffering. No, we I know. all know people. I know. We all know people who maybe they're not the neediest person, but maybe they're the neediest person in your circle. Yeah. No, I get give that. them a boost. Yeah, I get that. And I do try to do that. So I want to hear about motherhood because you're not a typical person that I meet who's a mother. Right. Do you, would you say that? Do you know a lot of mothers like you? Um, you know, outspoken, in New York, you know, you, you meet, I mean, meet not, all sorts of mothers. This, I, I don't have, know. I don't know. I don't know a lot. We of were very lucky living on the Lower East Side. My kids going to school in the East Village at one of the progressive schools, the children's workshop school in the East Village on East 12th Street. They were like a family to us. It was right when I split up with my husband, you know, and I had the two. It was difficult. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I, I. How old were your kids when, when you split up with your husband? Like five. Mm-hmm. You know? Past baby stage. But. Yeah, four or five. And, um, yeah. Um, but, you know, you don't like one day, well, usually you don't like one day wake up and be like, oh, okay, we're splitting up. It was, you know, yeah, I was alone. Yeah. I he, he was like, a, I don't believe in ghosts. He was like a ghost in the house. But like, you know, like I was taking care of them alone for a long time, probably uh, from the beginning almost. Uh, um, but anyway, um, they, they were like a family to us. And uh, the school, the school was great. Mm. We couldn't have been at a better school mm-hmm. for our family. So and I met a lot of parents there and I've met a lot of um, moms and dads who I wouldn't say they were exactly like me, but like, we're still all friends and there were def- mm-hmm. there's definitely like community. There's community. I think you meet parents in the playground, you meet, you know, mm-hmm. in an urban setting, you know, you don't get in your car and go drive here or drive there or whatever mm-hmm. you're communal, you're living communally um, I think it turns people on to being, you know, going back to this theme of being less selfish or mm-hmm. self-centered, you know, raising children really oh, does yes. that. Yeah, I you know, think so it really too. gives I you lessons so in community, helping other people, because mm-hmm. 
there's other single moms, and we used to trade babysitting. When I started dating again, I didn't date for a long time after, but when I started going out again, doing the bands, having boyfriends and stuff like that, going out to see music again, people would take my kids for the whole weekend. Wow, really? You know, and then other times I would take their kids for the weekend. Oh, that's so nice. You know, like, you, tr- yeah. you know, bartering. Well, you're, you're also in an unusual place, location, the Lower East Side. I mean, anyone who's raising their children in the Lower East Side would have to have a certain kind of chutzpah. It's not like raising your kids in Tribeca, say. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But a lot of the parents at our school actually came from Williamsburg because mm-hmm. the school was unzoned mm-hmm. and it's right by the L train. Mm-hmm. So it was not that hard and mm-hmm. it was a great school. Mm-hmm. It is a great school. Mm-hmm. It was like really nice. It was it was not a role I ever motherhood is not a role that I ever thought of that I would mm-hmm. have. I that's why I did the IVF because I put it off too long. <laughs> you know, d- did no. you want to do it or did your husband really want to were you do, was it really who, it was both of us you guys were we both, both really yeah really we were on that page it. I think that's why we got married we were like we both wanted kids mm-hmm. we got married the marriage didn't work but the kids came out good so you always knew you wanted <laughs> to have children no no I so never what changed I don't know and how old like were you in your 30s I was in my late 30s and um you know I can talk about this I've had abortions you know yeah in the past um, and, but I, when I was in my late thirties and I wanted to get pregnant, I couldn't. And so I had the good job. I went to see a specialist mm-hmm. and they were like, well, you could do this or this or this, or you could just do IVF. And I was like, 0% credit card. I'm just going to mm-hmm. do, you know, but it, the process still takes a while. So I yeah. had them at 40. Right, 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 right. And you must have been thrilled that when you got pregnant, right? I was happy when I got pregnant. I was not happy to find out that it was twins. You know, mm-hmm. I was kind of a little freaked out. Mm-hmm. And being me, I said to the doctor, well, some one of them sometimes just goes away, right? <laughs> one of them <laughs> just was, checks out. And she was like, what? Don't say that. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Somewhere no, that's there's a huge. photo. I, I got to find it. It must have been so cute, though. They were cute. I was very lucky. It was a very low you drama. You were healthy. Yeah, it was a very low drama pre- pregnancy. I was humongous. Um, it was a, I was fluffy when I had them, and when I got pregnant from all the drugs and everything. And then... Um, fluffy, I like that. Yeah, fluffy is what you say. Um, it makes it much cuter. <laughs> yeah, you're so, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, it was... It was that was so, not a problem. So what, I mean, what what did motherhood feel like compared to what you imagine it was going to be? Like motherhood, I'm, t- uh, I, I'm honest. And I mean, I've said this before. I mean, it scares the shit out of me. It scares especially, the shit out of a lot of women. Especially as a woman, I think that as a woman, and you know this better than I do, as a woman, if you're going to have the kids, you have to be know that you may be the person responsible. Like I believe that women are the ones who are ultimately the bottom line of taking care of the kids. Like you got to be ready for that and that is so frightening to me. So it's what, what was were you afraid of that? Did it turn out like that? Like tell me about your experience. Well, I mean, I knew pretty early on that I was going to end up raising them alone, to be frank. So you were prepared. I was like mentally, I'm always prepared for the worst, you know. And Was your husband a musician? No. Okay. No. Um, but you were prepared. You, you were prepared. I had a feeling that, 
when we when we found out it was twins, he there was this look on his face, and I was like, oh, he's out. You know, oh, you knew that. Was I don't know. I kind of figured like he probably. I don't know. He needed too much. He was too high maintenance, and then when he found out there was going to be attention. Two, yeah, yeah. So that's um, what Tommy Lee said on the. Pe- Tommy and the Pamela Anderson documentary last night. Having the kid kind of was too not much. enough attention for him. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And I mean, I should have known that, but whatever. What we'll, do you? No one knows. Eh, no, you shouldn't have known. I don't know. I'm so. I'm so, now. I look back at all this stuff, and I'm like, all oh, these things I didn't see that were right there in front of me. You know? Yeah. To look I, at things with like new eyes. It's so weird. Yeah, I always say that on the first date, everything you need to know about the person is right there, right in front of you, but you can't access it. Yeah. You don't know how. So anyway, so what happened? How did it affect? Like, how did it affect you? What was it? What? And now they're, now they're 17. I'm fearless, you know? So I do whatever the fuck I want when I want to, you know, I try to do that. I try, I'm like, you got one life, squeeze it out. So I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. I was like, you know, gangbusters with the twins. You know, I had this bicycle, this big cargo bike. I would ride them to school on the back of the bike. I was like, let's just have fun. Wow. Let's live this life like this, you know. So we were like the three musketeers and it was super fun. I spent all my time, you know, just dealing with them and it was just very difficult. I'm a high anxiety person. My kids are Oh, okay, so here's the you asked me a question earlier. You know, what is what was it like versus what did you expect it yes. to be? I thought kids would just be this mini me. No, they're not. You know, the minute I looked at their faces after they were born, when I looked in their eyes, I saw who they were and they were not me, mm-hmm. you know, and it turned out exactly as I had seen when I looked at them. It was really weird. Um, Meaning that you thought that their, their personalities, personalities are, you're pretty much born with. That, I think aren't you, you are. I think you are. Too. I think you are. I think you I abs- are. Too. And I think that's why people believe in Zodiacs, because it's like oh, of that birth. moment of birth, birth, like things, you know, align in a certain way and then, you know, right. whatever. Even though it's, in my in, opinion, I think it's genetics. <laughs> it's or like it's just a lot genetics. of shit that comes together and comes out. Is it out. genetics? I mean, I think a lot of it is just a physical thing. I mean, you can, you can, uh, it, it, you can say, you know, maybe it does have to do with the music you heard or if you had a fight with your husband or stress or this or that. It's not all it's in the what genome. you ate. It's in the genome, though. Yeah, like, but like, I think right. like whatever potion mixture of emotions and food and everything exercise goes into that being when that being comes out that's that that's that to a degree i think also that humans change a lot there's a transformation in adolescence and i think there's a transformation between like middle and older age i think there's two times like for women it's menopause for women it's getting your period and then your body changes again after menopause and i think for men it's true similar similar thing i don't i think i feel like menopause is like way more impactful than getting your period for some reason i remember getting my period and being like meh and my daughter too like she never it's like not this big deal i don't even mean that i think that like um the amount of like i was fed a lot of crap as a child or a lot of fat you know, a lot of ice cream, let's just say a ton of ice cream, just to make it simple. And when I became an adolescent, I think that my body 
I think that all that up, all that led up to was when I became an adolescent, that's when you stop growing, when you get your period. And by then your body oh. is formed for the first time. And I think it was greatly impacted. Like, I think if you had taken the infant of me and fed it differently, it would have turned into a different adolescent to some degree, not the nature. Oh, of. yeah. And then if I, I and I was discouraged from sports because my parents are neurotic Jews. <laughs> oh, and so if I'd been is there in, any other kind? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so if I'd been encouraged to do sports and fed differently, I would have been to some degree a different person. I think, but but uh, that's not I the point. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think, yes, it's you are what you eat to a degree, but it is also just like a mathematical thing. Like you just need caloric intake, and you know you need to like you know your body needs oxygen and water and calories and energy and blur blur blurp and but you know. I think I know people who counts. have I know people who have shit diets who are really healthy. You know what I, I mean? I don't like, think you. Ca- I don't think it necessarily. I don't think it's the be all and end all, but I think it can affect. You know, like so if your kids you, don't have good nutrition, it you can tell, or you it affects mm, them. I yeah, think I mean, I think counts. it does to it does to a to point. a degree. My my kids, because I am. Um, obsessed with food and I love to cook and, you know, and I'm obsessed with science and just, you know, learning things. So I know all about cooking and nutrition and food and blah, blah, blah. So I've always like, my kids are great eaters. They love food. They love to eat balance. They're very healthy eaters, you know, but not to the point where it's like, crazy, you know, a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and my son has type one diabetes. He developed really? it like uh, he developed it like six years ago. And it's not you don't get it from eating unhealthy. That's type. No, I know. Two. I know. There's a lot of yeah. misno. There's a lot of. I have a very close friend oh, who is type one. And yeah. my boyfriend in high school was a type oh. one. So when you know, you know. And I hate to use that phrase. I'm so sorry I said that. But um, yeah. So that's the kind of flip side of you know my son is like the specimen of health other than having diabetes. He's like, he works out, he eats healthy, he's conscious about it. He's, you know, he, both of my kids fortunately um, don't have like any of the like body type issues that I had growing up or any kind of weird food issue. Like they've escaped all of that, which is lovely. Yeah. It's one less thing you have to, you know. To your credit, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. Gotta be. Maybe I don't know. Degree. Maybe this is one of those things they're born that way. Well, this environment is certainly an influence. Yeah, I mean, but anyway. So yeah, but diabetes. I had this talk with my friend, and I don't want to digress on this, but I had this talk with my friend recently who has diabetes, and how like um, now that everybody's getting type two diabetes, how people have a different impression of diabetes you know, juvenile diabetes, and it's really wrong. It's not fair. It's, it's really unfair, really unfair and really a a mistake and really, but anyway, so what happened? We never really answered the question. What, what did you expect and what happened? So what I expected is mini me's. What I got are two, um, really, uh, not me, you know, Mm -hmm. there's parts. My son is like me in certain ways and my daughter is like me in other ways. Um, but, I got this opportunity to relive 
all of the things that are, seem mundane and kind of like, you know, just whatever, banal, you know, mm-hmm. um, just everyday stuff that I don't even notice anymore. Relive all of these adventures again with them on our bike. And, you know, we did it for years and years, going to all the city pools and, you know, trying to, in museums and just, I just, you know, took them to every place I could possibly take them to as kids and had adventures all over New York City. And um, I got to redo that. Uh-huh. You know? And see it all fresh, like, why is the sky blue? Just wonderful yeah. kind of stuff. And to listen to their wisdom and the way they looked at things. And because it was the two of them, the same age. And I hate to be like, you know, like gender normative about it, but like a boy and a girl. And like, so there were things that were interesting to me right. that were going on there. Um, you got to see the full range of it. Was, it was interesting um, and fun for the most part, mm-hmm. very challenging and difficult, but I tried to make it into like just this fun time for us when we had that fun time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted them to, it was very important to me that they be good people more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I kind of skipped on a lot of those enrichment classes and stuff like that. <laughs> like, What do you mean? You know, a lot of parents, especially in New York, you know, they plot their kids out. Oh, like uh, too much time spent on like learning calculus when you're six and shit like uh, that. You know, yeah. like I didn't do any of that stuff yes, or very yes. little. And um, they did have music lessons, though. I kind of demanded that, so mm-hmm. they were very fortunate mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. a ton of musical training um, through the school. But um, how, than- how do you think you would have been different without your kids? What do you think they changed about you? <sighs> Shit. You don't have to. Well, I don't know. No, I don't. Can I you mean, picture? Can you I picture? think I, I think, um, probably patience for one. I would have a lot. I, well, I was born with no patience. Yeah, you have so no patience. Oh, I, I can have, tell that right. It's obvious. Yeah. So, um, which must drive your kids crazy. Yeah. My son. Okay. Has, I'm not, I don't want to get you off the topic. So, what changed him about you? What, or what, what do you think would be different? I have more patience than I would. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. But what else? Um, I care more about the future. I'm not a nihilist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I give a fuck about what's going to happen when I'm gone. What I'm, what kind of world am I leaving for them? Mm-hmm. You know, and but, it drives me. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're more like? Uh, well, you said generous. Do you think you would have been more, more, like more focused on your own? creative pursuits or something like that? I don't know. Cause I feel like they inspire me to be the best me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think becoming a, 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 going out into the music scene when I did, you know, it, since having them and making mm-hmm. a band and performing, doing this, you know, whatever writing, you know, trying to have my own way of, you know, navigating the world, that's an example that I'm setting for them. I might not have done it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. You I know, see maybe saying. I would have been happy to just like, you know, go to my job and go stand and watch all the bands still. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Well, what are you trying? What message are you giving them? To you take know, charge? That, or? You ahead. have to, you have to enjoy this time here. There's nothing else. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. no, like, you're not going to live under some fucking iron fist your whole life, trading all of your fun times for money, and then you die, and you're supposed to go party with Jesus, and oops, <laughs> no. So you think having having fun or having time, what, what do you mean by having fun? What is that to you? Enjoying your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's so difficult like, um, for people to allow themselves to enjoy their life and be lazy, watch paint dry, go smell it. I don't understand why we're, we're, we're beaten to death with this idea that we're, if we're not like producing, that it's a problem, uh-huh. you know, come on. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are we doing, people? So what about your kids? Are they productive? Oh my god. Like so what are what are they like? I want to hear about them. They're they're fucking slobs and they <laughs> never clean their room and they never do their laundry and they're not the best students, but they're the best citizens. They give a fuck. Like I've never had a teacher come to me and say that my kid bullied somebody or did anything wrong, like with regard to like social contracts. Like when I would go to the school and and, and they would, you know, we were lucky to go to a school where the grades was not a focus, uh-huh. you know, and, and how much did they pump out and they didn't finish their math homework mm-hmm. and whatever. My kids are smart. They're, they're fine. They don't need, they didn't need to, you know, Right. Be beaten in a school to like, you know, do whatever, you yeah, know, so. they have good self-esteem probably. I mean, I th- don't we all struggle with that? Like, Especially like, because this- we live in, we live in this society that tells us like, we need to be productive. But, and then- but, but they're not, you're not holding them to the fire on their grades, I guess is what I meant. No, definitely or, not. Or the, you're, you're, I mean, I would guess that they would get you know, the things that you value, they value. And so they get a lot of approval, I would guess. They get approval. I mean, I did at one time, at one point say to them, like, you should start caring about your grades. I don't get, I don't care, do your best, but you need to start looking at them and, you know, following your stuff. You know, during the pandemic, it was a disaster. I know. It was a fucking for disaster for these kids. What happened? Or what was it like? I mean, who wants to go to school in, they share a bedroom. Who wants to go to school uh, in your bedroom with your twin all day? And it, oh, no, it must horrible. have been. It must have been. So what, are they going to be going to college? Yeah, yeah. They graduate this year? Yeah, they're going to college. I mean, you know, they're still waiting to hear from the places they want to go to, but, you know, they've gotten into some places and they're mm-hmm. definitely going. What are they What are they interested in? What are their interests? Um, my daughter loves children, wants to be a teacher. Wow, really? She's She loves children. She loves kids. I was like, I don't... See, that's like, that's no. Like, when yeah. I was yeah. her age, no. I babysat and I liked, you know, babysitting, but more about earning income than it was about being she with the kids. Being around she children. loves kids. Yeah. And she um, is a uh, very patient with them. And mm-hmm. I think she would be good with them. Um, so she wants to be a teacher. She's not sure what she wants to major in. She's mm-hmm. artsy. She's a really good artist, visual artist. Um, she's also a really good writer. Mm hmm. But I don't know what she's going to do. Creative. My son has no... Yeah, she's creative. My son... I don't know. I keep telling him he should be a shrink. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's very emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. He's a cool guy. I can imagine. Yeah, he's really, he's great. I, we have great conversations about all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. funny. He's a good one. And, you know, I'm really proud of them. I'm proud of who they are. And right. I don't care how fucking productive they are. They're no, really I good get, people. I get it. So yeah. they're both going to be going away to college? No, they're staying. <laughs> are they? So they told to me they're not. They're probably going to hate that I'm saying this on the air if they listen to this. But they both told me they're not ready to go. They lost like two years of their life to the pandemic. They didn't get that social time. They were in high school. They were in ninth grade. Uh, they were in March of ninth grade, their first year of high school. When uh, the, everything shut down, they did all in the rest of ninth grade and all of 10th grade at home. Uh, you know, And so 11th and 12th, they at least got back in the building and got back in the thing. But I think that they are, they both have said to me, I'm not ready to leave. And I'm like, don't leave then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So, um, so they're going to... Are they social? Do they have friends? Lots of they friends? have friends. My daughter is extremely social. My daughter was in New York Magazine. If you look at the 39 things that are still cool about New York, she's number 39. Oh, that's so awesome. Go Google that, peeps. It's on. It's online. Oh, that's there's a, so there's a, awesome. There's a really cute picture of her, too. She, yeah, she's a, she's a Tompkins Square, uh, you know, uh, yeah, eyeliner kid. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> So they have tons. They have friends. They have friends. Do you, yeah, they do don't you have see them any as of happy. Is, um, at, for adolescents. Yeah, I don't know what happy is. I mean, I think there's this existential dread that we all feel. I don't know right. if it's because I talk about the stuff, but they're yeah. very aware of what's going on too. Yeah. I don't try yeah, to. Burden I don't know them. if I could be. I don't know if I could be totally chill if you were my mom. I'd be like. This whole because you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't talk to them the way that I talk to adults. I know. Though. I know. I know. But I know. But you you can't. It's unvarnished in our house. And there's for sure. a, there's a, a lot of awareness, social awareness. You can't. I mean, your kids are smart. They're very socially aware. They come to me sometimes and say to me, "Mom, did you hear about this?" and whatever. And you know, this whole George Santos things is like a big joke in the house because every day there's a new revelation. You about know what like he lied it, about. Oh, so, so you guys will laugh about that. I love that. It really bothered me as a child of a Holocaust survivor. It really fucking pissed me off. I was like, "How fucking dare you?" And and the the district that he's representing is the richest and also like like the most heavily Jewish district oh, in all of that. New York. I did not. Yes, know it's that. like the Gold Coast. Really, it's it's, it's the Great How Gatsby. Did I not know that section. All wow. that whole part of the North Shore of Long Island to Huntington, Great Neck to Huntington. That whole yes, that's his wow. district. We got to get us Jews on that. Jews don't like shit like that. Oh, but they love Donald Trump. A lot of them. Yeah, I guess. I guess they want the, the they, Israel thing. I don't know. I don't know. That is fucked up, though. Human rights needs to take precedence over fucking capitalism, and we need to change that shit. That's that's like, it's ridiculous. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. So what about your son? What what is he? Do do they have, does does your son, I imagine your son is being like really good with the ladies. I don't know why, because he is a good talk. Like, I would imagine he might be. He has not expressed any uh, information about women to me. And we've had conversations where I spoke to him about like, you know, uh, have you had a girlfriend? Do you want a girlfriend? Is there anyone you're interested in? And, you know, I mean, I asked 
Yeah. Like you're straight. He told me a long time ago, I'm straight. Mm-hmm. I don't know about my daughter. She's, I don't know what, I think she's queer, but um, I think she doesn't know yet. But my son just is not interested. Mm. Um, he said, I'll know. Yeah, he's busy. He's got. I he's said, you guy. don't feel any pressure to have a girlfriend, like from your friends or socially or whatever. He's like, definitely not. Yeah, these kids, good. I don't think. I don't know. Well, I don't, they hang out. Like he's. It's not like he's. I mean, he's around girls all the time, right? Yeah. Right. He has girlfriends, right? Does he? He has some female friends. Yeah. You know, I always wanted them to have the same friends, but he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't How, like her friends. And what, what's the difference between the friends? I wanted to ask about their relationship. How, what is their relationship like? Um, They're partners in crime. You know, they're like, they like each other. They know each other better than, you know. Than anybody. I think even sometimes better than me. Uh-huh. You know. quite possible. Yeah. Um, Do they look out for each other? They look that- out for each other. They um, make each other laugh. You know, they know how to make each other laugh if one is in a bad... They, they're conscious of each other's moods. Oh, wow. They're, yeah. Do they hang out? Uh, uh, how are they different? Why wouldn't they He's out? kind of a homebody. He likes gaming. She's very social. Mm-hmm. And she's out all the time. But they have the same tastes and things, like the same kind of, like, you know, stuff that they watch on like TikToks. They're always like, let me show you this. Let me show you this. You know, like they're into the same thing. They're not into the same music at all. Mm-hmm. He's very much into hip hop and she's very much into like, you know, my chemical romance. Right. I don't know. I'm joking. I don't no, know. I know what you mean. She's uh, more gothy and you know, she, yeah. um, she came to me a while ago and she's like, do you know the butthole servers? I was like, <laughs> yes. Yes. I said, that's a litmus test for boyfriends. If they don't like the butthole surfers, I won't date them. And uh, she's like, really? (laughs) That's so funny. And then we saw fun mom-daughter date. We went to see Gibby Hayes do um, from the butthole surfers. I forgot you told me. Um, So he is the butthole surfers, basically. Mm -hmm. And he does this um, Paul Green... Uh, music Academy show with uh, adolescents and young adults that studied music mm. with this guy named Paul Green who was in the business and then he started this music school and he performs with them and they do bunches they do a bunch of covers you know familiar rock covers but then they also do a bunch of butthole surfer songs uh-huh. amazing and the kids switch instruments and switch voice parts oh, wow. and it's really great and i recommend that anybody who likes the butthole surfers or anyone who just wants to see something really inspiring go see this if you have kids it's really fun i brought her to go see it at le poisson rouge over the summer oh, wow and um it was super duper fun and it was it was like I think the first time that she and I shared the love of like a band and the same music and her getting to see him it wasn't the whole band but her getting yeah. to see him he plays like a very interesting machine on the stage and stuff and uh, so that was a fun we don't her and I there's a lot of tension mother daughter tension really? you know, like that it doesn't exist between me and my son yeah it's tough it's tough they they want to separate they don't want yeah Do you have different things that you want for her or is she 
No, I just want her to be happy. And she has a de- kind of a depressed personality. So it's tough. Sometimes being happy is hard for people, even when they want to be, you know, yeah. I don't suffer from depression. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like an anxious, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. zonk, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. That's just not, you know, do you, do you does it upset you when she's not happy? I mean, no. Or do you think that she looks at things negatively? Sometimes she could be happier or is I don't blame her for her depression and mm-hmm. I think it I think it's really important to like recognize that that's like part of who she is and to to be gentle with it sometimes mm-hmm. it's exasperating mm-hmm. and sometimes she takes advantage of it I think you know mm-hmm. because she does have this issue but it is an issue you mm-hmm. know so it's I think um we have to be really careful um with people, because I do think it's like a brain chemistry thing. I really I believe agree. it. As I really, I think we have to be that. kind. I think we have to like yeah. really, you know, if you love a person and they have depression, you really need to like, and that's another exercise of patience and kind of just more understanding. And so maybe if I didn't have a daughter who has these moods, I wouldn't be as understanding about that. And uh-huh. You know, because I am so impatient and like, you know, anxious all the time. I just want everything to be awesome all right, the time. Right, right. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's so great. What a great. Now, that's great brain, brain, brain chemistry. I Were you brought up athletically? No. You know, sports or no, anything? No, fuck that. I hate no. sports. Oh, Dancing. so boring. God, so boring. I used to like climbing trees and swimming. You seem like and- you're pretty athletic. I think. I'm I not. Think, no, I'm not. I, I can't sports run. Sports has a lot to do with with being happy. I think actually physical activity and being ha- and depression or being moods are very directly related too. Yeah, um, I would not categorize myself in any way as being athletic or mm-hmm. physical. Mm-mm. You have a lot of energy. I have a lot of energy. So, have your kids seen you play? Have they come and seen the band? Yes. I tried to get them to come to the gig at the, at the, at the Tom Fruins gallery. Oh, I was telling you about that off mic. Um, we had a show last week at the gallery, Tom Fruin, who, uh, makes the mosaic water towers that we see in Brooklyn. Those giant, gorgeous glass sculptures had a book opening for Joey Truman's, um, I'll put a link on dishwasher. Yeah, it's a great novel. He just published it. And so my band, High and Tight, and The Last Throws, another band, good buddies of ours, played at this beautiful gallery. And I told the kids, come, because it's not a bar. But it was too cold. Oh, But I told them they didn't have to worry. You know, I'm not mad they didn't come. Before before we we have five minutes, and I want to make sure we get in a big shout-out to our mutual friend, Maria Lena. Oh, Maria. I know. she's <laughs> Maria is the coolest chick. She, have you had her on the show? I haven't. I should though. She, I haven't read one lately, but I got booted off of Facebook and had to start a new account and all my algorithms are all freaked up. And I don't know that I see her feeds all the time, but she has the best dreams and she remembers them and she writes them down. And they're like these incredible trips and, wow. and, uh, yeah. Um, we'll have to get her on here probably, and analyze her dreams. <laughs> she won't mind that I'm telling her this because I'm not the only one that's told her that I love your dream your dream posts. She's doing she had a bunch on Facebook like where she posted dreams that she had, these really crazy dreams and they're really vivid and cool. 
and she's awesome. She's a musician and a hairstylist. Right. I think she, her band is, I don't, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think she's in Free to Kill. Um, uh-huh. And she DJs too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's part of the music scene. So do you know most of the musicians that play around and stuff like that? You know, you think you know a lot of people and then you go see a band and you're like, I never saw this band. And you find out they've been playing for five, 10 years. Um, I know people, you know, like. You seem really outgoing. I try to, I, yeah. You are. You're I'm not enthusiastic. Afraid, but you're not, a, you're not, you don't seem like you're afraid of like, oh, they're not going to like me. Like, nobody likes, no, I'm just kidding. But you don't think about, like, I'm I don't like worry that. About I'm it. like that. I'm like, I can't talk to that person. That person never wants, uh, they're not going to want to talk to me. I'm just going to stand I right totally here. talk to people that I can tell don't want to talk to me, but I do it anyway. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's a gift. It's funny. Fuck it. Sometimes I'm doing shit just to make myself laugh and I don't give a shit. I'll be so like, you, you know, that person doesn't want to talk to you, but you're just you going to go right. You know, someone who's too cool for school or whatever. And I just get up in their face and then I'm like, hi, you know, I'm not to be. No, no. Not clowning, why? but just because I want to. I want to meet them. I want to say hi. And, and usually how do people I win people. respond to that? People are usually cool. They you probably know, some, love it. Maybe. Well, once in a while I have some, I don't do it to like, you know, look. You wouldn't do it to a celebrity? No, 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 no. Because no. that's different. They're going to be. I don't want to invade people's privacy. Yeah, right. I'm just saying like, I could tell some people maybe are just like, who's this chick? And I'm just like, hi, <laughs> you know, or whatever. I just like me. I like meeting people and I like, um, I like, uh, you know, like, I just, I You're just. You're an extrovert. I'm. I'm not actually. I am an introvert. During the pandemic, I was very happy to be home and not see anybody. Everyone's a fucking asshole. You know, I mean, th- th- that's you the love truth. everyone and they're a fucking asshole. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just I like to I like to check shit out. What is it? You, what I'm do you an mean? observer. Uh-huh. You know, uh huh. Helps you, me sort out like you know how I'm gonna how I'm gonna um make our whole planet like you know like you so said you've got a bigger vision for the whole planet yeah the whole planet we all have to and, do it and and have do you have do you have a manifesto we need a manifesto i want i mean we don't have time well we only have a minute left but, but we've got to <laughs> we certainly don't have time for Part that but i have a feeling that there's the unruly manifesto no but i have a feeling there's like a lot of things that you've worked out in your mind on how the world should be managed or how sure. we should live. And I, uh, <laughs> I, and when I, I become I, empress of the universe, I, I, you know what? If I would love you to write a couple paragraphs, a paragraph or two about that, and we'll post it when I post this episode, and we can get your philosophy on how the unruly philosophy okay. on life. Do you, would you, would you be willing I'll write to do? A, I'll write like a 10 point, a, a, a very a, yeah, brief list. 10 point list Bullet of list things of to things, do, things that we can do. Okay. All right. So anyway, thanks again for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. A huge shout out to Julian William. Thrilled that you were here. Dr. Lisa. Go see High and Tight at Main Drag, Julie's Band, February 11th, 50 South 1st Street. Julie, you write the song. You write? Yes. You write and compose. Compose yeah. the song. I mean, you know, the band helps with um, the arrangements and getting and it, like but that. yeah, but those are my words. You're 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 running it. You're making it. You're yeah. making you're making it happen. So let's uh let's go do that. Okay, I'd love to see you there. Yeah, guys. with push and mighty fine free jump.